Rams fans, welcome into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight's one preseason game in the books. Who is rising and who is falling on the depth chart? Plus, the Rams get ready for preseason game number two against the Raiders. We talk about who to keep an eye on uh, when the action begins on Saturday. Before we hop in, I uh, did want to let you know RamsShowcase.com uh, is going to be your spot uh, to find all the latest surrounding Ram Showcase, and of course myself as well, Sheriff Joe Bags. Uh, right now, working on a piece about uh, every single number, zero through ninety-nine, and the best Rams player to ever wear that. It's a little bit more loaded than I was ready for, so uh, I'm putting that together. Though I like the way it's coming together, I'll get that out as soon as I can. But of course, once the season begins as well. Uh, we'll have some uh, pretty interesting uh, con content as far as the game preview stuff goes that will tie in with uh, the Ram Showcase podcast version uh, of, uh, of, well, it's Ram Showcase, the podcast. That's what it is, ultimately. But uh, RamShowcase.com, be sure to make that a uh, regular stop on your search for Rams content. As, of course, uh, diving into this season, uh, that's going to be uh, uh, where the action happens. And of course, if you uh, have any interest in supporting the show, uh, the best way to do it is by uh, snagging yourself a Ram Showcase t-shirt. Uh, link will be in the description below, no matter where you can hear me, uh, but it is available at ramshowcase.com. Let's go ahead and get into the action. Uh, we'll start with a quick transaction here. The Rams did wave safety Richard LeCount. This move does come uh, well before any cuts are needed, and I think LeCount played decent in uh, the first preseason game, so... I guess that did come as a bit of a surprise. There's also only one cut day this year, so it's not like a work down or anything where uh, you need to be like at certain levels or anything. Uh, so Tuesday, August 20, 29th, that's when you go from 90 to 53. So I don't know if uh, any other cuts are expected before we reach that point or if the Rams are going to try to like, like kind of kind of step ladder it down themselves even though it's not part of the NFL rules but you can go into every preseason game with your full 90-man roster so I'm not sure if this spot is going to be filled or if the Rams are just going to roll with uh, the the 89 at the moment also speaking of transactions and maybe a potential transaction Sean McVay's comments on Joe Nopum were very curious to me uh, and this was uh, the Wednesday press conference uh, after the joint practice with the Raiders if you were uh, interested in checking it out yourself. My very first thought, though, was uh, that it is McVay-speak. It was a very McVay-speak situation, and there's something going on that maybe we don't know about yet. McVay and the front office, uh, they will give off hints, and when, when something's about to happen, you can kind of get a vibe from the team and how people are answering questions that something is about to go down, and that's exactly what feeling I got from this situation here. So who knows, maybe uh, Nopum really is dealing with a little bit of an injury, so he's going to be held out this week. But I know that the inter internet speculation uh, shot off pretty quickly that uh, maybe Joe Nopum looking at getting traded, which honestly makes absolute sense. With his deal, even after a restructure, if he's not going to be a starter, you might as well go ahead and move him, especially if you can convince another team that he can be a starter for them. Even though, of course, coming off an injury, he wasn't playing well before that injury last year, so... Uh, of course, uh, the the return probably won't be that hefty, but that also brings into question, was LeCount part of this decision as well? Are the Rams in conversations of maybe bringing back two lower-level guys or something along those lines? Who knows at this moment, but uh, that, that press conference there after the Wednesday practice did make me think that maybe 
maybe there's something going on here and uh, maybe that's something that we're going to look back on and say like oh we kind of we kind of got a hint from McVeigh uh here but Joe Nopum not practicing this week uh all McVeigh would say is that he's dealing with a little something which is out of the ordinary and also if we are talking about a real life injury and it's not being reported well that is against NFL rules so that is something in, to consider as well also wanted to mention this, uh, I think that too much is being made of the Cam Akers and Max Crosby fights. It's a joint practice, these things happen. Also, uh, reports being worded that McVeigh booted out Cam Akers of practice uh, because for fighting. I, I feel like it's just misleading, although it is kind of true. Uh, I, that's just a misleading way to put it. This paints a picture that that's not just a rule for the team this year, that if you're involved in any fighting at all, whether you initiate it or not, uh, but if you're involved in it, you're done for the day. So I think that we're making a mountain out of a molehill with this one uh, simply because it is an, uh, a rule with the Rams this year. And uh, that's kind of just it. I mean, we, we've even seen articles come out saying like, hey, the NFL's watching uh, Aaron Donald and the Rams closely in these joint practices, which the NFL did not say. Uh, that's just pure speculation uh, based on uh, things that happened in the past. Aaron Donald tends to uh, to get uh, mixed up with, uh, with the other team uh, when we get to joint practices. He's a frustrating player to practice against, and he's also a player who can have a temper. So when uh, he's getting frustrated, he's frustrating other people, things happen. I mean, sparks fly and people get frustrated. So I don't look too much into it, honestly, um, but also this speculation reporting has got to stop, right? Like we we've, we keep seeing, um, it's like people, people just assume that something is going to happen or something is happening and kind of just run with it and then report it as like it's news but um uh the nfl being like watching aaron donald closely maybe but no one said that so it's just an assumption at this point also kind of want to talk about this before we dive into the stock up stock down is um this season is very much unlike anything we can remember in quite a while right so like going into this year we don't know how good the rams are going to be this season is full of question marks one thing, though, that I cannot just I that I just can't find myself to get behind is just locking in right here, heading into our second preseason game that the Rams are just going to be terrible. I just can't I can't lock in on that either overall on offense or just on defense that the Rams are just going to be bad. It's not going to be fun this year. Um, we're, we're going into our second preseason game. We don't have cuts down yet. Um, a lot of these guys just touched an NFL football field for the very first time. Uh, against the the Chargers at SoFi Stadium last week, so I don't know, man. I, it's like I, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of nerves involved in last week and stuff, and and uh, I think that people are making um, making some pretty bold assumptions based on the the limited information that we have now. And maybe I I, I like to be optimistic. I I get it, and like I think that this team can be competitive. Truly, I believe that this team can be competitive this year. Also, in fairness. I see a way this this season could be pretty rough, all right? I, I absolutely can see it. What I refuse to do, though, is lock in on either side when we aren't even down to our 53-man roster yet. We haven't even played more than one preseason game. To even to not even be able to see the other side of this, uh, this um, ar ar I guess, argument is what we'll call it, because uh, some people think that the Rams are going to be way underrated this year, that they're going to be a playoff team, and then we have some people that say this is going to be a historically bad team. And uh, that 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 difference is is major, depending on who you're talking to. So we'll call them sides right now. 
But to not even be able to see the other side, to not even be able to understand what the other side is saying, I think is pretty narrow-minded. Um, you're not really, I think, taking every aspect into consideration. Um, so, I mean, this season very well could be overall pretty forgettable. We could be watching guys uh, play this season that could end up like his trivia question someday, along the names of like guys like uh, Mark Clayton, like a Cadillac Williams a Mike Sims Walker, maybe an Al Harris in there of like guys that end up just being trivia questions where you say their name and you're kind of like, oh yeah, like I almost, almost forgot about that guy. So that we, we could, we could be seeing that. The Rams are also so young that we could be in for quite a, quite a rough year as these guys just get their NFL legs under them. Or these are also football players and uh, we have a pretty strong coaching staff. We also have incredible leadership in really every single position group, whether that's Matthew Stafford at quarterback, Cam Akers at running back, Rob Havenstein in the offensive, offensive line, Tyler Higby with the tight ends, Cooper Cup with your wide receivers, Aaron Donald on your D-line, you got Ernest Jones with your linebackers, Jordan Fuller with your secondary. I mean, there's a, there's a sick leader in every single position group uh, that this team has, so that's got to be considered as well, you know? And realistically, I think the Rams land somewhere in the middle, right? We're probably going to win some games that we shouldn't, probably going to lose some games that we shouldn't as well. That's just what happens when your team is this young, though. You're going you're gonna to see some situations, probably some blown coverages, where you're like, damn, that, that didn't work out. But, I mean, it happens. That's what happens when you have uh, that many young guys on your team. And maybe I'm just optimistic. I can accept that. I can absolutely accept that if some of you are willing to admit that you're really just being pessimistic. Because this is the NFL, and nothing is guaranteed. Not even being terrible. You can go into games being terrible and still win, i.e. the 2008 L.A. Rams, or St. Louis Rams at that time, uh, playing against the Saints, who were blatantly better than the Rams. The Rams were rocking throwbacks that game. I remember a defensive touchdown, I think, from Butler, um, but uh, ended up winning that game. Or you can look at uh, the 2014 Rams hosting the Denver Broncos. Sean Hill at quarterback for the Rams taking on Peyton Manning and the Rams end up winning that game. So like there's no guarantees in the NFL, including being bad, right? So will the defense give up a lot of points? Yeah, maybe. It's very possible. But is that going to make you look for a new team or find a new way to spend your Sundays instead of watching Rams football? Well, I guess I'm at that point, why can't we just sit back and enjoy the ride? The need to be right, I think, is what's getting uh, getting me here. It's it's a weird one for me. The the need to just be right. I'm 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 willing to accept when I'm wrong on things. It doesn't happen all the time, but it does, and I'm willing to admit it. Right. So we just got to be able to do that. And and the need to be right, I think, is just a weird one in general. Uh, but what do you get if the Rams are terrible and you said that they were going to be terrible? The ability to like comment on one of my videos and be like, I saw this coming. Well. Congrats. I guess that's awesome for you that you got to you you knew ahead of time. You guessed correctly that the team wasn't going to be good. That's awesome for you. I'm very happy. But I guess that, that I feel like that's just a, a sad way to experience life. Like do you do this in other areas too? If you're slightly underqualified for a job that you're interviewing for, do you just go in expecting it to be terrible or do you walk in there with your head held high, ready to prove that even though you might be underqualified and there might be other people that are interviewing for that job that are more qualified than you that you're the right one for the job that you just go in there with that confidence i know that the rams might not have the sickest year this year all right i fully get that but i'm also going into every game hoping for the best and knowing that our football players are taking on their football players and when that happens at the nfl level anything can happen I just can't lock in on this whole, like, the Rams are going to be bad because they're young. This inexperience is going to just lead to a bunch of losses, and we're going to be a historically bad team. 
maybe but I can't lock in on that right now. And the refusal from some people to even accept that the Rams could win more games than they think that the team will win, that's where I just, I, I don't even know how to have those conversations with people. I don't even know how to talk to people like that because it's like if 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 there's no way that you can see another side, uh, why are we even talking? Like, why are we even having this discussion? If you going in, if you're coming into a conversation with me and you will not, be changing your mind you're just trying to get me on your side then why are we having this conversation in the first place because i'm absolutely willing to listen to anybody i'm willing to listen to your points but when it's just i just feel like because we're young and inexperienced that's just not good enough for me and this team might be awful this team also might be super sick did we expect to be so sick in 2017 i didn't think so i didn't think we were a 10-win team like going to the playoffs like that i thought maybe we'd win some more games than four but to more than double it? I didn't think that that was going to happen. And also, let's not forget that you know, come both of the Rams Super Bowls, the following season, the Rams missed. Uh, I'm I'm talking like current era here. Both of these these Super Bowls under Sean McVay, the Rams missed the playoffs the following year. And in both situations, we did not expect that. The whole run it back thing felt very real. That was a very real thing. And then of course injuries caught us and stuff like that. But 2019 Rams, what a forgettable season. Coming off that Super Bowl loss to the Patriots, that season now is one of the mo- more forgettable years that this team's had in quite a while, and just didn't didn't make the playoffs. And we we thought we were going to be better. So uh, I use that example to say like we thought that we were going to be better in in some some spots, and we ended up being worse. And if we think that we're going to be bad this year, maybe maybe it's possible this team is better than we're actually expecting them to be. That's all. That's my only point. And I could be wrong. I could. This team could win zero games this year. And all you get is to say, I knew it. Well done, I guess. All right, moving on. Stock up, stock down. We um, are taking all of this with a, with a grain of salt, all right? Because, first of all, we are one preseason game in. We still have 90-man rosters, and there's a lot of moving pieces, all right? So there's a lot of things that we saw from different guys that looked positive. There's also a lot of things that we saw from guys that looked negative, but we're not overreacting to any of this, okay? This is just what we're looking at right now. And when I say stock up, stock down, I'm not saying, like, this guy needs to be a starter right now. What I am saying, though, is that, like, hey, this is this, he's trending in the right direction. And the same thing with stock down is, like, oh, maybe they, they aren't as good as I thought they were at this point, but maybe they'll get there. It's, I'm ju- just don't overreact, all right? And also, I'm not an analyst. I like to uh, I like to see myself more as a storyteller, <laughs> you know? This is why I don't really get into the draft stuff because I, I, I'm not getting into schemes and all that stuff. I just like to, I, I go a lot off of like effort level. That's a good one. And just the eyeball test. If this guy's just out there looking awesome, well, yeah, that guy's awesome. <laughs> you know, it's not, I'm not going to get into like the PFF stuff. I, I saw the, the, the article come out with um, like the Coleman Shelton. It's like maybe he's not as good as we think he is. Brian Allen's better according to PFF and stuff and yeah maybe um on an individual level but as as far as that specific topic goes I actually think that the whole unit plays better when Coleman Shelton's under center I think I think that he does a better job of getting people uh their assignments that's all that's really all that is it's just a unit thing not necessarily a specific player thing all right that all those disclaimers out of the way <laughs> we'll start with uh stock up guys then we'll get into stock down guys uh before we head into uh the the game preview got the uh, the Raiders this week another AFC West opponent for the Rams in preseason so first up 
for stock up players. We are going with quarterback Stetson Bennett. Stet Benatar. You knew it was coming, of course. Uh, I really didn't see anything from Stetson Bennett, though, that, that surprised me. And I think that his draft position is making people react strongly here. But I got to say, I think this is this is what I thought he was. A little sloppy in areas, but has a great ball. He's not afraid to get rid of the ball. Not when He's not afraid to get the ball out of his hands. Um, there's a few things he needs to work on. There was, what, three dropped picks that should have just been picks. One, one should have been a pick six, and it was just dropped. And then uh, pretty quick after that, had another one. But then he did, he did seem to settle down, and I think a lot of that was nerves. And just kind of being out on an NFL field for the first time. Uh, he's in the same place that he, he just won the national championship. I, it's probably got a lot going through his mind at that time. So... Uh, the, like the whole like pocket collapsing and he bails backwards, like 20 yards. That's obviously got to stop. He's got to stop forcing balls. No one to throw it away. No one to just call the play and just be like, all right, this one's not going to work instead of throwing it like in a, in a spot where it could be a turnover. It's better to have that incompletion, uh, than a full on turnover. But these are all coachable things though. Uh, and, and if everything that I saw that I was like, oh yeah, that could have been better. It's all coachable stuff. So I'm sure this stuff is popping up in uh, the film rooms this week and stuff and, also, all things go our way, and we don't even see Stetson Bennett in the regular season. Hopefully, we don't see him. That's kind of the goal, right, is that we don't want to see Stetson Bennett play. But if he does, we would hope that um, he um, he kind of cleans some of that stuff up. But if, if slash when we need him to play this season, hopefully that kind of stuff gets cleaned up. But overall, for a first preseason game, I actually really like the way that he kind of settled into himself. Next up, we're going with running backs. Yes, multiple here. Zach Evans, Ronnie Rivers, and Royce Freeman. We're giving it to all of them. But again, this has to be taken with a grain of salt. But what I was looking for here uh, was effort level and pushes for extra yards when being tackled. And I think all of them showed the ability to do that. Although Kyron Williams not getting any reps here does tell me that these three guys could be fighting for one job. Especially if the Rams do try to uh, decide to keep uh, extra wide receivers, maybe seven or eight, which... Honestly, could happen, absolutely. And the way that this game went as well, uh, that is absolutely a real possibility. So the Rams keeping three uh, running backs could be a thing. Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, we know that they're making the team. After that, who is it? Is it going to be Zach Evans, Ronnie Rivers, Royce Freeman? Is it going to be two of them? Then where else are you pulling from your, your roster? Because you can only keep 53 guys once we hit the regular season. Overall, though, I wasn't, leave I wasn't leaving the game frustrated with the running backs. Although it just didn't really work out that they uh, they really exploded or anything. So uh, that's another position, though, to just we're going to be keeping our eyes on pretty tightly uh, the rest of camp and uh, these preseason games. Raiders and then uh, at the Broncos uh, to wrap up a game that I'll be at, by the way, if you're headed there, uh, hit me up. Let's uh, let's do stuff. Also, uh, moving on wide receiver Tyler Johnson. Uh, Johnson looked quick, energetic. He looked hungry. He played like a guy trying to make a football team, and that's exactly what you want in the preseason. Five catches on seven targets for 70 yards, including some uh, big-time first downs. Johnson is also, uh, he's making the decision on, uh, on, on, on who to keep around more and more difficult. Like, he's one of those guys that, uh, as a veteran presence, it's really nice to see him come in. Uh, but it, it is making that decision difficult. Is is Tyler Johnson playing well? Does that just mean that Lance McCutcheon's out? Like, it's very, very possible. Next up, wide receiver Puka Nakua. Puka is going to be a crowd chant in no time. People are going to be screaming Puka in uh, SoFi Stadium uh, within, by like week four. That's going to be just a normal thing, I think. I keep seeing people comment uh, that there's, there's one every season referring to Lance McCutcheon or Nelson Spruce. And this is all talking about the Puka hype. And I'm here to tell you, it is not the same. It is not the same level of hype. It is a different thing entirely. 
when talking about those guys, uh, we got coaching comments like, he's doing a good job. Yeah, it's like he's really working hard out here. But with Puka, we're getting comments like, I'm a big fan of him. And that's it's just different. Even, even for just some uh, simple coach comments, that's a major difference. In the, I, I just, I, the hype is different. It's not the same as the Lance McCutcheon last year, or the Nelson Spruce hype the, like a couple years back, or the Jacob Harris hype. It's not the same. The, Puka is going to be a contributor on this team. Those guys, we were hoping that they would make the roster and then maybe fig, figure out a way to, to enter the offense. Puka's got a spot in this offense for sure. Next up, offensive lineman Warren McClendon. So McClendon got a good number of reps. Uh, he did look solid. Uh, some things to work on for sure, uh, but he isn't expected to be a starter. Uh, but I fully expect him to stick around. So progressing and using this season to get better is all McClendon needs to do. Uh, barring an, another anomaly injury season, uh, McClendon probably won't get too many like actual live game reps once we get to the regular season. So he's got time to work on some things, um, which is fine. Uh, and kind of brings me to our next guy in Tremaine Ankrum, who I feel like is just Warren McClendon in a few years. You know what I mean? So Tremaine, he is being listed as a, a starter on the initial unofficial depth chart, which honestly doesn't tell us that much. It doesn't tell us as much as people want it to tell us. Um, but it was a little surprising to me to see that he was the starter. But now I'm seeing why. Dude is going to be a solid right guard. And if he does slot into that uh, starting right guard spot, I ain't mad about it one bit. I think the the line left to right being Jackson, uh, then uh, then being uh, Avila, and then Shelton, and then Ankrum, and then Havenstein. I like that line a lot, actually. Next up is offensive, or excuse me, outside linebacker Byron Young. I see a lot of comments on how Young didn't do a very good job. And I think that the way that this game was going, it was difficult to assess the edge rushers to get a legitimate gauge on them. Uh, but what I was looking for was motor and the ability to shed some blocks. And he was doing that. Uh, I know that he had the sack that was called back uh, or whatever. He had the um, like the face mask sack that should have been called for sure, but whatever. Um, but I mean, he still got there, which is cool. Uh, the, the speed of the NFL is an adjustment for every rookie, no matter how sick they are. So let him get his feet under him. He's clearly got the framework to be a really sick edge rusher, so I think that we just need to like give him some time to really figure out the NFL level. Um, but ultimately, I'm not worried about Byron Young based on one preseason game where the opponent was getting rid of the ball really fast and utilizing the run really well. It's hard to gauge your edge rushers when that's the case. Speaking of edge rushers, Daniel Hardy. Hardy has definitely bulked up from last season and seems to not just be for show. Dude is legitimately stronger than he was last year, and you can see the impact that uh, that it's having on him um, on him tackling guys and guys trying to block him. Still a little bit on the raw, raw side, um, but ultimately I really like his motor, and I'm excited for uh, Daniel Hardy this year. And next up, Keir Thomas. Uh, Thomas was also flying off the edge. Could be some really nice depth behind uh, Young and Hoyt as well. So Keir Thomas obviously being here uh, for a little bit now. Uh, I, I, I like Keir Thomas. I think that he's got a really good effort level. So seeing him come off the edge, I think it would be a, a nice rotational piece uh, alongside like getting a nice rotation with Hoyt, Young, Hardy, Thomas. I think that that's really solid, actually. Linebacker DeAndre Square sitting is like one of the lower guys on the inside uh, linebacker death chart right now. But again, that doesn't tell us as much as we wish it would. Uh, some of those names just kind of plopped in there. Uh, every single NFL coach will admit to that, that sometimes the, the preseason unofficial depth chart guys are just kind of thrown on there. So Square, though, like I said, pretty low on the depth chart. But I, I, I think what he was able to do on special teams 
might make him wiggle up that list a little bit. Um, and something to watch for for the next two games is DeAndre Square in special teams. I think that he was looking really good there. Uh, and again, kind of a guy that um, is on a somewhat similar path, is at least up to this point, as a Christian Roseboom, who uh, is my next guy here. Christian Roseboom, absolutely going stock up here. Uh, Boom, as I'm going to call him now, <laughs> is uh, he looked like uh, he knew what was going on. And that's a major, uh, major thing for uh, for this year and this time of year, especially when you have so many young guys. Uh, just understanding what you're looking at is uh, is going to be, I think, underrated going into this year. Uh, with a roster that's almost forced uh, a diaper-changing station in the locker room, it's good to see someone out there with experience in this defense. And uh, was seen on multiple occasions, talking to young guys after plays, kind of pointing at things. And I'm gonna guess that it was a good thing uh, him not and like him talking to these players, and not just like him going up after the play and be like, "You really suck at football." Uh, or something like that. But also, I couldn't hear him, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what was really said. Cornerback Trey Tomlinson, another stock-up guy, another player who did what I thought he would. His movements looked like something uh, out of a book on how to be a cornerback. Trey Tomlinson is uh, best described as a football player, and I feel like true-to-word football fans know exactly what I mean when I say that. If you don't, I simply mean that this guy looks like he was put on earth to play football. With one preseason game in the books, and I'm already comfortable saying that uh, he he's gonna he's gonna outperform his draft his his draft position. I feel very comfortable saying that already. Uh, just being such a late late round pick uh, because of his size, uh, that's really unfortunate. Because dude is a football player. It's unfortunate that he fell, but like it's super fortunate for the Rams who ended up with this player on their team. This guy's gonna be so sick. And uh, you're not gonna be able to convince me otherwise until it doesn't happen. But I I don't know, man. Trey Tomlinson. I feel like that's like a kind of, I'm pretty confident that he's just going to be super sick. And uh, last one here, I'm going to go with uh, Jordan Jones. Jones is a little raw, but he was flying around out there. That's awesome to see, of course. Uh, he was sitting back, watching things unfold, and then attacking with force. Uh, attacking with the force of a thousand exploding suns, dude. Like, he was all over the place, which was really cool to see. And I would have had Richard LeCount in this as well, but, uh, well, the Rams waved him, so... Uh, there's there's that and and this list could go on there was a lot of good things that we saw from a lot of different guys um, so I mean obviously with one preseason game I didn't want to be super nitpicky here that's kind of part of it is like is like yes the I liked what I saw from some of these guys and even if it was just a couple of plays that I'm like oh that was really good that's something to build off of and of course I'm not again I'm not uh, like a full-on analyst I'm not here like trying out to be a scout one day or anything like that um i go off of like the vibes and just like what i'm seeing out on the field is this guy playing super sick football when football's being played well then hell yeah man i'm, I'm team that guy now right uh it's also like a weird way to look at it too is like if you try to like picture and maybe maybe i'm weird for this but like if you try to like picture the, like if aaron donald's not on the field for these games right but if you just imagine that one of these guys is aaron donald that's like a pretty rough gauge, right? So like, they, like the second that they start not making the moves that Aaron Donald makes, you're like, oh, this guy sucks. But it's like that's also Aaron Donald, so like maybe ease up a little bit. The comparisons I think just need to be reined in a little bit as far as like, um, like uh, when a player just doesn't have a good play, it's like, well, Aaron Donald wouldn't have done that. It's like, well, Aaron Donald's not human. He's one of the aliens that the government is telling us about, right? And he was sent here to destroy quarterbacks. That's all it is, right? All right, moving on to uh, stock down, guys. Uh, this is not what, what what we like to hear and like, well, not what we like to talk about, but 
it uh it is very necessary we only have i, I think four names on this list though because i'm trying to be as lenient as possible i know i'm optimistic i am fine with that um but uh, we're gonna start with kicker tanner brown already making me nervous out here but it's worth noting that uh uh, the full-on rookie system in play here with snap, hold, and kicker, that's got to be considered, but you really want to see those kicks go in, right? So it's also possible that we're being harsh on Brown uh, when we need to maybe be harsh on Ethan Evans, <laughs> uh, who is holding kicks for the first time ever, as he was the kicker and punter at Wingate. Uh, but this spot never gets blamed for missed kicks. Uh, it's just one of those things that, like, if you have been around football enough, you know that that's one of the the aspects that will cause a lot of missed kicks, but it's always going to go onto the kicker. So Tanner Brown making me a little bit nervous right now, um, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully he settles in and uh, and can 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 nail those kicks because if we have another gap like we did between Zorline and Gay, that's going to make our kicking game pretty rough. Uh, hopefully though, Tanner Brown can kind of just wiggle in. Speaking of the kicking game, I am putting Ethan Evans on the down list, and there's no denying that Ethan Evans has an absolute cannon attached to his hips, and he punts like he hates footballs. But that does need to be reined in just a little bit because he's regularly outkicking his coverage, and it did cost the Rams points on a play as uh, one of those punts did get returned for a touchdown. But you got to give your guys a shot, right? So he just he kicks the ball too far where our guys don't even have a chance to get down there. Daniel Hardy should have made a tackle on that play, but also when, when the ball's just going way over everybody's head and that person catches the ball with, 15, 20 yards of just clear space, they're going to create some some room there and uh, things are going to happen. So I uh, got one more shot at, uh, at Ethan Evans in L.A. before heading to Denver where he might shoot a ball into orbit with the cannon that he's got attached to his hips. So we'll see what happens. That game specifically, I am very, I'm watching very closely on Ethan Evans because if he's already out kicking his coverage at SoFi Stadium, which is what, three feet above sea level, then Mile High City, that ball is going to get shot out of the venue, which is actually pretty sick stuff. If it hits my car, though, Ethan Evans, I'm 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 asking for uh for a new windshield. All right. Uh, next up is quarterback Brett Rippin. No shots being taken here because I like this dude. Uh, his plus his dad used to be a Ram, so uh, deserved or not, I'll always be a little bit soft on Rippin. Uh, but he didn't play well, <laughs> and that's the softest way I could put that. Yeah, he was fine, but. Uh, it wasn't necessarily what uh, what we saw from Rippin, but more just the entire energy shift that happened when we went from Rippin to Stetson Bennett. The entire energy shifted on the offense, and uh, you could just tell that uh, everybody was more excited when uh, Bennett was in play. And my last one here, I'm going with offensive lineman Logan Bruss. I am really hoping that uh, with Bruss, there's just some cobwebs that need to be shaken off after missing all of last season. Uh, but before his injury last year, he was also not looking good. And this year, he's just letting guys through way too quick. And uh, I know that if if we all saw it, then it's popping up on tape as well uh, this week. So I know that they're seeing it too. So is he. Uh, so hopefully this is something that changes. But uh, going into year two, we haven't seen Bruss play. Like, we haven't seen him have a good day in live action yet. Uh, so hopefully we see some flashes in uh, these next games. But right now, I'm kind of hanging on to the fact that we shouldn't see him in the regular season. Uh, as he is behind Rob Havenstein at right tackle. So it's fine for now, but um, Logan Bruss looking like he might be a miss uh, simply because he's just not he's just not holding it down. Uh, last year, we were seeing him get bull rushed. We saw him knock on his butt cheeks a few times, and then this year just kind of turn styling it a little bit and uh, kind of just like 
Like, have you seen that video of that bouncer guy who's just kind of, like, not even really patting people down and just letting them go? He's just kind of, like, waving his arms <laughs> around him and then, like, waving them through. That's Logan Bruss right now. And so hopefully that changes. Uh, but again, we probably won't even see him that much this year. So that's one thing to hang on to. And uh, as far as down goes, I am feeling like uh, like I am I, I need to be a little lenient here, all things considered. This is an obnoxiously young team who just had almost 40 dudes touch an NFL field for the very first time this past week. I think to nitpick just feels like it's going a little bit too far. Let's get these next few preseason games under our belts uh, and see who's, see who's making actual progress. That's kind of what we're looking for here is progress. I don't want to see the same mistakes against the Chargers and against the Broncos, and of, of course the Raiders in there as well. But we, we want to see, you know, things that we saw messed up against the Chargers, we want to see that stuff fixed by the time we're playing in Denver against the Broncos. But the good news is, even with almost 40 rookies on staff, we are expecting only, we are projected to only have three starters that are rookies, with a fourth Puka Nakua uh, figuring to be a, a, like a legitimate contributor and get a fair amount of playing time. Uh, but let's also know, not forget who is not playing in preseason. And it's not realistic to say that the Rams run defense is for sure going to be terrible when you don't even have your middle monsters in there, Aaron Donald and Ernest Jones. So that's got to be considered that just because our low level guys are not stopping the run doesn't mean that Aaron Donald and, and Ernest Jones won't help that out quite a bit once we start to the regular season. It's not realistic to say that the Rams' pass defense just won't be able to stop anybody when our top three corners and our top two safeties were not playing. So I think that the, the judgments on the defense, I think, are being a little too harsh right now. And also, it's I don't know if it's being considered that we are watching lower-level guys um, take these snaps. So just because, you know, the... The, the fifth, sixth, and seventh corners are giving up giving up plays. That doesn't mean that uh, Darian Kendrick and Kobe Durant and Akella Witherspoon will be doing the same. It's not realistic to say that the offensive line struggles will continue as well, um, uh, simply because we only had 40% of our starting offensive line out on the field in the first preseason game, and that was, of course, Jackson and Ankrum. Uh, but uh, no Havenstein. We didn't see Shelton or Allen uh, in there. Oh, I guess we did see uh, Avila as well. So I guess 60% of our offensive line uh, was out there. But uh, ultimately, we, we didn't see everybody. So uh, let's get our let's get our guys together first before we just lock in that it's going to be a bad time, right? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. All right, 
Let's move on here. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Rams. 6 o'clock, uh, SoFi Stadium this Saturday, televised on NFL Network, or so they tell us it's televised on NFL Network. I was one of the ones uh, who's now officially beefing with NFL Network as uh, don't tell me all week long or like that the whole TV schedule this entire time that the Rams game is televised and then show us the end of a Ravens game, the end of a preseason game. And we want to talk about that like, oh, well, the Ravens are going for their what 16th straight preseason win. Who cares about a preseason streak? What what a weird thing to be proud of. <laughs> and I know that Ravens fans kind of hang their hats on it a little bit, which I think is so odd. Let's also not forget that the last time the Rams won the Super Bowl did not win a preseason game. These games do not matter. They do not count. You're looking for different things, not for scores. So when they're showing the end of a Ravens game because they have a preseason win streak, when we're talking first quarter of a Rams preseason game, maybe I'm biased. I fully am biased, actually. I, I, can, I can admit that. But the Rams first quarter preseason is way more important than the fourth quarter of a Ravens preseason game. And yes, not just from my perspective, but also when you're just considering that it's a preseason game, the first quarter is just better, right? It's just more important. It's just more critical. So... Yeah, NFL Network, we're kind of beefing right now because I thought that that was a little bit bogus. Don't tell me that the game is televised and then it's just kind of like, yeah, it's like it will be, but like later. <laughs> it's like, well, I missed a good chunk of it now, NFL Network. Thank you for that. Anyway, I just had to get that uh, off my chest because uh, I know that I was not alone <laughs> in my frustrations there. And I also know that there's at least one person out there who's like, get over it. But And I will. But this this week specifically, I just want to see that not happen. But the last win, the last game, I will just be at. So that's okay there. All right. So who are we uh, keeping our eyes on for this one? So uh, we've got one game in now. Uh, we do have a better idea of who to watch now as that picture of the final roster begins to unblur just a little bit. So, of course, we are going to start with quarterback Stetson Bennett. Stet Benatar, all eyes on Bennett once again. Can he do it again? Can he continue to limit those turnovers while not being so reckless with some of these passes uh, and also still being able to absolutely let it rip which was really cool to see and if you're going to want to like if if you're going to see a, a quarterback just like absolutely let it rip you want it to be in preseason especially for a young guy like uh, Stetson Bennett and I know I know he's not the youngest rookie but he's also 25 I mean that's it's not that big of a deal uh, who was the quarterback last year that got taken who was 25 and no one comment I don't know same thing either way but I don't know. I feel confident saying that uh, Stetson Bennett is going to be QB2. I feel very confident in that, actually. Um, but I'm also surprised that it hasn't been, uh, it, that it's been as much of a conversation as it has. Like, did we really think that Brett Rippon was in a fight for QB2? Because I never felt like that was a real thing. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm alone here, but I never felt like that was actually real. Uh, moving on to running backs again. Same three guys. Zach Evans, Ronnie Rivers, Royce Freeman. So these three guys could be fighting for either one or two jobs on the roster. And it is safe to assume that at least one of that, these guys will not be here when the Rams hit the plane to Seattle. So who would you rather not have in this list? Zach Evans, the rookie out of Ole Miss, Ronnie Rivers, Mr. Rivers, or uh, Rolls-Royce, Royce Freeman? Which one of those guys do you cut? Uh, I would guess, if I had to give a guess... I would guess that it's Ronnie Rivers, but I also really like Ronnie Rivers. And he's also got the versatility to return kicks as well. So I think that has to be considered. 
it's a tough decision. I know that. I'm really glad that I don't have to make these calls uh, when it comes to to the cut days. Wide receiver, Puka Nakua. Nakua is getting uh, close to that pocket where we want to see him out there and continue to get reps, of course, because he's a very young guy uh, still getting out there. But we're also starting to feel confident that he's going to be pretty dope. Uh, so one thing to keep an eye on when it comes to Puka is his get-off um, because it's very reminiscent of Cooper Cup. Like, off the line of scrimmage, there's some very clear Cup-inspired movements happening, and uh, that's pretty exciting to watch. Uh, so if we're seeing this in his first NFL preseason game of his career, then it stands to reason that he is going to keep getting better as time goes on. And as long as he and Cup are working closely together like they have been, uh, I'm super excited for Puka Nakua. And I know that like the hype here is like one of those things, any preseason hype or about a guy who hasn't seen the NFL field before, like a real regular season game yet. There's going to be people out there that are like, you're overhyping him. It's not that it's not that big of a deal kind of thing. But I don't know. There's something about Puka that just feels very different going into this year. And maybe I'm wrong, but it does feel like Puka Nakua is going to be pretty dope. Next up is Logan Bruss. I would really like to see some uh, impressions from Logan Bruss of a brick wall this week. That would be really cool to see. Uh, just really want to see progression when it comes to Bruss. Uh, because, again, we have not yet seen a good performance out of him on uh, in a preseason game. That, that does date back to last year. Uh, we also don't get a lot of comments about him from uh, from coaches or players or anything uh, from training camp. So not really sure what to make of Logan Bruss right now. Uh, but as far as this whole situation goes, just want to see progress. If he can look better this week than he did last week, then I'll consider that a plus and I will put him in the stock up next week. Uh, but if, if he's still having trouble um, giving the quarterback time uh, from the right side, then it 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 not only it it not only doesn't look good on him, but it also makes it harder to evaluate what Stetson Bennett is really looking like, or some of these wide receivers. It's just more difficult. So uh, to to have Logan Bruss kind of just hold it down at that right tackle spot is a bit of a domino effect in so many different areas. So we obviously want to see that quite a bit. And then we're also just going to toss in the offensive line in general. There's still questions to be answered up front. Uh, so just another week of uh, looking for guys to stick out. And uh, what's odd in preseason for myself, and I don't know if this is this is anybody else that does this, but uh, I'm not looking for guys who are just playing super sick on the offensive line in preseason. And, and in most positions, I'm not looking for like who's absolutely killing it. What I'm looking for is the leak. I'm looking for the guy like who's b busting through the line and whose guy was that supposed to be on a run. If it gets absolutely lit up, I look for I look for the replays and say who was supposed to block that guy. And that's where a lot of my assessments are made. And like the right tackle spot last week, you know, you get uh, your quarterback getting absolutely blasted. And it's like right away, it's like, oh, well, Logan Bruss barely touched that guy. So it's it's, it's obviously him, you know, and at a right right tackle spot. I guess, too, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. My brain has always had Logan Bruss as an interior offensive lineman. I just don't feel like he's really got the build to be a tackle in the NFL because uh, a lot of these edge rushers, they're 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 lanky. Like that's becoming like the new like I remember when Leonard Little was like the like the the thin lanky edge rusher. And I thought that that was like so unique. Now that's just expected. Like these guys have super long arms. They can bend real well. And I just don't know if Logan Bruss really has the build to be uh, uh, an NFL tackle. But. I also don't know what I'm talking about. So that there's also that part of it. Maybe that's just where he belongs, and he's just wiggling in to his comfort zone here. Um, but I don't know. He's it, it, the. I feel like his arms are kind of short, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just talking from my butt right now. So I I don't know. Maybe I'm just blowing smoke. I we who it's very possible. <laughs> uh, but that's the kind of stuff like I I think about is like it just the way that he was not able to just like get those get those hands right to the chest like you would expect uh and something that we see from Rob Havenstein um that's something that that kind of comes up in my mind um but that's that's also like I said that's what I look for I'm looking for the leak here I'm looking for who's not performing well um like it especially on that offensive line if somebody's getting through whose man was that that's kind of what I'm looking for and then the the names that you're not seeing uh those are the ones that you you know are playing well like like Steve Avila, he 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 was playing great. So I mean, it, there was at no point where it was like, oh, that was Steve. He he screwed that one up. So that's what I look for here. Again, edge rusher uh, is going to be something that we're keeping a close eye on. Uh, but Byron Young uh, will hopefully take some strides this week. Uh, other names that I'm watching again closely are going to be Keir Thomas and Daniel Hardy. Those are two guys that I absolutely like. Um, I think that they build some nice depth uh, for this team. So uh, we need some depth at this spot, of course. Uh, so. Uh, I, I would anticipate that outside of having just some poor performances, that these guys will be part of our depth, and that's pretty cool stuff. Cornerbacks, Trey Tomlinson and Jordan Jones had both of these guys on the stock up list, uh, but, you know, so I'm excited to watch them again. Tomlinson, he will likely get a, a healthy number of reps ramping up into the season, if I had to guess, uh, but he seems to be taking every rep as, a, as an opportunity to show off, which right now is absolutely awesome. Jordan Jones is a guy who's fighting for a roster spot and playing time, but I think he's making a case. He's flying around out there and is, has awesome instincts, and he attacks the ball carrier. So want to see that continue. Uh, Jordan Jones just kind of flying all over the place and just kicking butt cheeks. Uh, that Obviously, Trey Tomlinson, we, like, we feel good that he's going to make the roster. Uh, I think that what he's playing for right now is to show that he needs reps. Like he needs live action reps when uh, the regular season begins. So I think that's kind of what he's playing for right now. Jordan Jones, though, is, yeah, he's fighting for a roster spot. Um, it's not unlimited. We don't have unlimited roster spots. And if you have, if you keep like an extra wide receiver, like a Tyler Johnson, maybe a Lance McCutcheon stick, sticks around, well, you got to pull from somewhere else. Would it be the corner spot? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but either way, you get like you have to pull from somewhere else if you're going to keep somebody because 53 guys. That's not a lot of players. It, like, you would feel a lot better if you could pull, if you could bump that up by ten, right? But that's part of it. Part of the decisions are going to be hard. We're going to see some guys cut that we don't want to see cut that we actually really like. Uh, but there's simply not room for them. Uh, you can't you can't get on the bus if every seat's full. You know what I mean? And there's no like standing little grippy things on this bus. You just have to leave. <laughs> you just have to get find a new bus in a different city. And uh, last up here, uh, we're going to go with uh, kicker Tanner Brown and punter Ethan Evans. Tanner Brown, uh, he needs to simply just not miss again in preseason. Uh, that's just for my own nerves entering week one. Uh, if we see him miss again, that will kind of raise a question. And I think that that is something that we could see. Like if he misses another kick and the Rams maybe decide like, okay, well, let's bring in another kicker. Let's, let's create another battle here. I don't think that that's out of the, like, outside of the realm of possibilities. Um, Ethan Evans just needs to tame the cannon a bit and uh, not let the not let the net punt yards be so different from the gross punt yards. Let your homies get down there, man. Get, get put some put some hang time on these puppies and uh, let's also you know let's let your let's let our homies get down there. I think is really like my only point there. And also kick coverage. Can we stay in our lanes, guys? I mean, Chase Blackburn, he's got a busy few weeks in front of him uh, in order to get everything together and uh, get everybody on the same page. 
But that was like on the punt, uh, the punt return that, that was for a touchdown. First of all, we have to consider that the Chargers drafted that guy to do that. Like they drafted him so that he would be their punt returner and kick returner. And from their perspective, you got to think that like if that was us and we drafted a guy who was going to be a punt returner, we would be talking him up so hard right now. We'd be like, yo, we drafted him to do this and first preseason game, he, he's housing one. Hell yeah. So we got to consider that, that like there's also other these other teams also have like position battles and guys fighting for their lives out here. So we have to consider that. But uh, on that punt, uh, punt return for a touchdown specifically from the Rams perspective, Ethan Evans definitely outkicked his coverage. And then guys of like they left their lanes. We saw Daniel Hardy miss a tackle. So obviously you want to see that fixed. But uh, that lane that he had should have been filled. Should have absolutely been filled. And especially when Daniel Hardy kind of set the edge there, he kind of pushed him back inside. You need somebody else to come in and kind of close that close that up a little bit. It seemed like like uh, Daniel Hardy pushed him inside and there was just nobody else there, which is where your other 10 dudes are supposed to be. I guess nine. You don't want your punter down there like laying shoulders or anything. But uh, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at now. So these are all things uh, that are fixable. Everything that we saw in the first preseason game, it's something, in my opinion, that is just a coachable thing. These are football players. You don't get to the NFL by accident. To even be here today means you're probably pretty sick at football. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking for effort level. We're looking for progression. We want to get better every single week, get better every single practice, better every day. Just be better than you were yesterday, right? And and that's just life advice. Just be better than you were yesterday, and you're headed in the right direction, and you'll, you'll never be at 100%. It's that whole quote that goes back to, you know, chase perfection, knowing it'll never be uh, reached, but in the process, excellence will be achieved. It's that whole thing. Just keep on keep on pushing, keep on working, and uh, that's the thing that we see out of these games is in these practices is uh, we get to see who's out here, who wants it, who's working hard, who's trying to get better every single day, and that's where you get guys like Puka Nakua and Trey Tomlinson. Uh, these guys are out here working hard. They're, they're trying to get better at football now that they're in the NFL, which is absolutely what you want to see. So that's what we're looking for in these preseason games. Um, we've got two more to go hosting the Raiders at SoFi Stadium this Saturday and then wrapping up next weekend at the Denver Broncos. Again, I will be there. If you're going to be coming uh, to hang out, let's definitely uh, click our beers together and then chug them and stuff um, because uh, Rams, being in Colorado, it's always a big time for me. Uh, go big. That's going to be a chaos weekend, by the way. Most of it's work-related, so I won't bore you with the deets, but uh, that's gonna be, <laughs> that weekend's going to be nuts, but uh, in the coolest possible ways. Um, so, yeah, uh I'll try to do some cool uh, content as far as uh, being up there goes, trying to put together a little bit of a video about like what a Sheriff Joe Bags game day looks like going to Denver for a preseason game. Hopefully don't get too hammered. Uh, last time I did. That's <laughs> it was a good time, though. It was preseason. Didn't really matter. And I uh, had an awesome time and was safe, safe about it. Be safe about it. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up here. So again, um, preseason this weekend, we're just looking for guys to get better. These games, if we if we lose this game, that's fine. Raiders actually had a really strong first preseason game, so it's possible we just get absolutely smoked like 41-7 to 7 or something, but uh, it's absolutely possible. That doesn't really mean much. These games don't count. Um, they, don't, uh, they don't look at these games at the end of the year and like decide that like you get like a worse draft pick because you didn't do well in the preseason or anything, so uh, it's fine. It's going to be okay. Uh, the, when the bullets really start flying in Seattle... That's when it matters the most. And that's when we can stress out, all right? I allow stress <laughs> if the games actually count and the stats actually get, you know, logged somewhere, not just forgotten about. 
I already forgot the score of the first preseason game. And maybe that's on me. Maybe I should do a better job of that. But also, it doesn't matter. So I think I'm okay with it. Uh, again, RamShowcase.com. That's where the action is going to be going down, uh, especially come season time. Uh, very locked in on uh, what uh, is going to be happening here. So very excited about this football season and what it means for Ram Showcase, uh, the podcast, and the website, RamShowcase.com. Again, if you are also uh, looking to support the show, the single best way to do that is snagging yourself a Ram Showcase t-shirt. Got three different colors and two different styles. And uh, uh, quality was absolutely considered when putting these bad boys together. They are not dry fit, um, but uh, I, I don't know all the details on the stuff. They're very soft and so comfortable. And I like rocking them all the time. So be super comfortable and rock a Ram Showcase t-shirt. Link will be in the description below uh, to snag one for yourself. So that you can be the coolest kid on your block. <laughs> uh, you can follow uh, all your favorite social media at Ram Showcase at Sheriff Joe Bags. Um, yeah, and I think that's about it for me, dude. We are getting into preseason game number two, and I'm pumped about it. Get the Raiders this week uh, with the chippiness that we saw in uh, the in the camp. Uh, actually, the second pre or second practice joint practice is going on as I'm recording this. So if there is any chaos that happened in the second one, I'm not talking about it because well, I'm recording this right now and I'm not watching the practice. I'm also not there. I am at home doing a podcast. <laughs> that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio and the Fan Sided Network. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening and go Rams. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.